lovely to see the kids there, just brilliant. And um, do you remember transition from primary to high school? It was quite scary. I was quite excited, actually. Um, I don't know about you, but um, it's a major change, major time in people's lives, so it's great news. Okay, I'm going to start. David, are we good to start? Are we ready to record? Okay, well, good morning. My name's Alan. I'm going to be talking this morning, and the title of my talk is um, Name the Gift. As a young Christian, when I was about 20 years old, I decided to follow Jesus, give my heart to God, and it was, I have to say, an uncomfortable time and a difficult decision, because I didn't think it was very cool, um, and I was 20, and I felt I had to do this to find out if there was really a God, and I told my friends as much as I could, and um, they were intrigued, and I remember walking down the street with my friend one evening, and he asked me, I've heard that Christians, every Christian has a gift. And I said, what's your gift, Alan? <laughs> In my head, it's a bit accusatory. It wasn't, you think you're a Christian, where's your gift? It wasn't really. He was just interested, I think. And I couldn't answer him. I thought, I have absolutely no idea. Do we? Is that right? <laughs> we all have a gift, but it's true. 1 Corinthians 7, 7 says, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. So just um, if you receive nothing else this morning, receive that word, you have a gift. Let me put it another way. That sounds even better, I think. You are gifted. You are gifted. I always wanted to be gifted in sports and, or academic or looks or something. And, and we, we admire people that are obviously gifted in certain areas. And it's sometimes hard to recognize the gift in ourselves. But the truth is, we are gifted. You have a gift. And I'm going to do a couple of sessions on this, I think, because I think it's so important about all that we've been talking about, worshiping in spirit and truth, about what Aaron was sharing last week about selfless love, about what Jimmy was talking about, the, um, the, the heart of flesh is all related to this idea of a gift. And I want us to understand what it means to be gifted by God and how to recognize that gift and use that gift and what it means and why. So, yeah, I, I thought I'd get through all this quite quickly. But the more I looked into it, I just realized there was such a wonderful um, introduction. I'm not going to get past the introduction today. So I'm going to follow up next week, I think, with a part two. So this is part one, um, and we'll see where we go. Name the gift. Just look at the first slide there, Robert. Ephesians 3, 18, 19 says, Be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. My daughter, Alana, we just uh, sent off, didn't send off, we got her on a train. She's journeying down to Manchester, flying over to Ibiza. She's 20 uh, years old, and um, she's going to the land of uh, make-believe, where people dance all night long. The White, White Island, I think it's called. But she's going with a group, to meet up with a group of people from 24-7 prayer who work in Ibiza on the streets all night, just welcoming people who are feeling a little bit the worse for wear, a bit like street pastors here, if you know them. They go out for an hour, and they come in and pray for an hour. They go out for an hour, come in for an hour. They help people and bring them to, um, if you know, they need some assistance. It's been going for a long time, and Alana saw this and decided she wanted to do that. She's been to Malia and other places. She enjoys the odd club every so often, but she's filled with the Holy Spirit who wants to use the gift that she has, the experiences that she's formed. And she's on an adventure, and I'm so proud of her. And Isaac, my other, my son, down in Hillsong on another adventure, and for two of the most stay-at-home people in the world as mom and dad... It's amazing to see them on an adventure. So something must have happened in them. Something is happening in their lives. And it's so exciting. And an adventure. Is anybody up for an adventure anymore? Would you fancy an adventure, Seth? I think you might. Stephen? Alan Gemmo has been on many adventures already out to Thailand. Many of us are on adventure. And I want in the context of what we're saying about finding your gift, this is the biggest adventure you can be on, to go on a spiritual adventure, to find your gift, to use it. And many of you will think, well, I'm already, I understand this. Many of you are filled with the Spirit already. But there's many others that, this may be your first introduction to talk of the Holy Spirit. So I want to take time to explain who the Holy Spirit is. When it says, be filled with the Spirit there, It's not something that happens once. It's talking about being filled continually, daily. So if you think and are comfortable that you're filled with the Spirit, you'll be hungry to be filled with the Spirit again. So I'm in a great place here. I can speak to all of us. Because whatever place we're at in our adventure with God, in our adventure with the Holy Spirit, there's another level to come. Callum's on an adventure. Callum Leesk in his university days and moving out. I I hear great reports of you, Callum. Not least the number of hamburgers you can eat, which is wonderful. So get through before Callum if you want a burger this morning. And many people in this room are on an adventure. I would have stayed at home in Scotland if it hadn't been for Dave and Helen Leith pulling me reluctantly across to Uganda. And what an adventure that's been. Are you excited by the possibility you can have an adventure, whatever stage of life you're at? Because the adventure that God offers, the older you get, the closer you're getting to the biggest adventure of all time. So John, it's not too late. Your adventure is happening and coming. 
even Ian, yeah, I'm sorry, Ian, there's still an adventure. You're on a great adventure already. So let's see how it works out. How can we be filled with the Spirit? What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? If you take the car to the garage, you better make sure you fill it with the right thing. Isn't that right? Fill it with diesel and it's petrol. It's not good. So when I say be filled with the Spirit, when the Scriptures say be filled with the Spirit, what is this Holy Spirit you're talking about? If you've never heard of this Holy Spirit, I don't imagine you'd want to just say, oh, yeah, that's me. I'm up for that. You might want to know why or who or what does that mean? To me, how does it affect my life if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit? I'm not sure. I want to be filled with stuff I don't understand. I don't know. We fill ourselves with lots of different things. So we're going to take a little bit of time to talk about this. The Holy Spirit isn't just a new invention of the latter-day church. It's not just a movement from the Pentecost Pentecostals or something that we discovered in the late 20th century. The Holy Spirit has been around for a long time. It wasn't even just the coming of Christ. And after that, that the Holy Spirit started to be talked about. The Trinity of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In fact, can anybody, just to keep you on your toes, because you're looking a wee bit comfortable there, suggest the first time that the Spirit is mentioned in the Bible? Who would argue with Fizz? Genesis 1, Fizz. Genesis 1, right at the very beginning. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Spirit of God was hovering over the water. Before even creation started, the Holy Spirit was there. Because we understand, and it explains in Scripture, that God is spirit. And even Jesus said, worshipers were worship in spirit and in truth. God is spirit, and the Holy Spirit is, is God. And He is a person. He is not a thing. It is not an it. It is not an object. It has personality and character. He is God himself. And we can begin to understand and recognize who the Holy Spirit is. Throughout the Old Testament, we, we see him moving and doing the Holy, what the Holy Spirit does best, which is raising up mighty men and women of God. All the people we read about and are familiar with, if we've read some of the Bible and been in Sunday school for a little while, Moses Joshua, King David, King Saul, Joseph. Mighty men of God rising up. And to each one of them, at one point, it's described that the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God was upon them or moving on them. So the Holy Spirit, we can see throughout the, the Old Testament, is moving on people, individuals, and causing them to do great deeds, to be incredibly brave, to be victorious, to lead armies, to conquer nations, to be filled with wisdom. But there's others that are less famous. There's a chap, I don't know if you've heard of, I can't even say it. Here we go. 
Exodus 35, Bezalel. Bezalel, son of Uri. And we want to try saying that. Just say Bezalel, just to keep you awake. Bezalel. That's pretty good, actually. Well done. Bezalel. Bezalel. Well, Bezalel, if you didn't know about him, was chosen by the Lord. And it says he was filled with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skill to make artistic designs, to cut and set stones, to work in wood. And it was he who God had called to help build the Ark of the Covenant and to fulfill all the obligations and requirements where God's presence would come and settle. He was gifted by God in what we would say were fairly routine skills, artistic, woodworking. But it also says he had the ability to teach others. How many teachers in the room? It's a gift. If you can teach, it's a gift. If you can make things, it's a gift. If you're artistic, if you can paint, if you can draw, if you can have wisdom and understanding, if you can explain things to people, if you can, in this culture, of course, work technology, it's a gift. So the things that you're familiar with, that you think, well, I can just do that. I can just play the drums. I don't know how hard, Seth, it's been for you to... I don't know why I'm picking you all the time, Seth. I don't know, but... Amazing gift of drumming, but it's from God. It's from God. So many others here, the gifting that Raphael has in music. Everybody else, I'm sure, will recognize what a gift. Lindsay and Aaron, everybody around here, you're thinking, yeah, they've got a gift. I don't know what mine is. You have one. You have a gift. It may seem routine and easy to you, but that's because you've been gifted with it, I believe. Joseph, of course, had dreams inspired by the Holy Spirit. Samson was strong, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Solomon was wise, gifts of the Holy Spirit. So wherever men and women are rising up, the Holy Spirit is right there behind them. Behind every good man is the Holy Spirit. Behind every good woman is the Holy Spirit. So what's your gift? Name your gift. It wasn't just warriors that the Holy Spirit inspired. It was prophets. Elijah and Elisha, you can read about. Miraculous wonders and signs. Healed the sick, raising the dead. Incredible gifts inspired by the Holy Spirit, representing what the Holy Spirit it can do. Supernatural, beyond what we can explain, the Holy Spirit brings us that possibility. It's so exciting to have this in our hope, to have this in our faith, to understand the Trinity, that God is supernatural. But the crazy things is, for me, the gift seems so mundane. I, 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 as a young Christian, was 
excited to be filled with the Holy Spirit in the same way that, you know, it was like, you want to go to a party? It's like, no. <laughs> People might talk to me. I, I thought I had, it had to happen, but I didn't understand it. I didn't really, I, something would, was going to happen to me, and I wasn't just too excited about that. But I was encouraged, and my friend prayed for me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Nothing happened. I was so relieved. <laughs> but gradually, something started to happen in my prayer life, and I could start to speak in, 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 uh, very naturally. Nothing ever came upon me, but something rose up from within me. And this gift of tongues that we read about in the New Testament started to manifest, and, and I could speak in a language that I couldn't understand, but was, to me, obviously some sort of language, and that was exciting, but very mundane. It, it, nothing seemed to be happening, but that was my experience. It has been my experience of the Holy Spirit, very gentle. I don't know what your experience will be. Many have different experiences. Throughout the Old Testament, we see the movement of the Holy Spirit coming. But in Isaiah 63, we recognize it says that something happened. Israel rebelled and grieved the Holy Spirit. You can't grieve something that doesn't have feelings, that something that hasn't a personality, that you can't grieve something just material, something that just you can pick up and touch. So the Holy Spirit has personality, has character, the character of God. And if we understand and read more, although the Holy Spirit had been moving and raising up a nation, calling a nation to be set apart, they rebelled. And they asked, where is the God who gave the Holy Spirit? And the hope started to rise and to be needed as they were defeated and they were scattered. Their enemies were all over them. They were beaten and down. Their temples discarded their nation and broken. Many woke up on Thursday morning feeling a little like that. I did. Goodness, it was a shock. But then the Holy Spirit, through the prophets, a hope of a Savior. Isaiah 11:2. A shoot will come from Jesse. The Spirit of the Lord will rest in him. The hope of a Savior filled with the Holy Spirit to rescue them was born and was coming, was being talked about, being prophesied. Isaiah 44:3 took it even further. It promised that I will pour out my Spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants and more. I will give you in Ezekiel 36 that Jimmy was sharing with us so wonderfully a couple of weeks ago, I'll give you a new heart. I will put my spirit in you. The hope of something to rescue Israel, a Savior on whom the Holy Spirit was all over, but even more that somehow every single person the Holy Spirit would be poured out upon. Every single person would even be filled with it would be in us. That's the hope and the promise. And then, as we follow through the Old Testament, He comes. The story and the narrative 
the history of the Holy Spirit is the same one as the story of our Savior, the, the coming of Christ, Jesus' Savior, Christ anointed one. And when Matthew, in Matthew 1.18, Mary was found to be pregnant. By whom? By the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brought us Jesus. The Holy Spirit came upon Mary. And it started happening. The big adventure. Outpouring and outworking of this promise. And I love, read Luke 1. If you want to see what happens when the Holy Spirit comes on a family. I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. I just, Mary, Mary, as you know, filled with Jesus in her womb, comes to see Elizabeth, who's also pregnant with John the Baptist, and just goes off. The baby in her womb leaps with joy. Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesies, who am I that my Savior should come? Zechariah, mute because he didn't obey the angel. Eventually, filled with the Holy Spirit and with joy when his son John is born. And John, touched by the Holy Spirit in the womb, filled before he was born with the Holy Spirit. How incredible, how unbelievable, how wonderful, how supernatural. The Holy Spirit moving upon this family. And their response was song. They just rejoiced and prophesied. And Mary just sang in uh, amazement at what God had done in their lives with joy in the Holy Spirit. And that's the adventure that you and I are on, that we can share that same Holy Spirit moving in us to release joy and thanksgiving and praise. And we can be excited about God. We can feel love for God. We can know God. We can understand God. We can feel Him in our spirits, feel Him close. We can know His love. All the gift of the Holy Spirit moving in us and upon us. And of course, John the Baptist when he grows up, preaches, one who is coming, who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Jesus, the anointed one. John baptized with water, but one who is coming will baptize with the Holy Spirit. So we start to hear about this baptism in the Holy Spirit all the way back to Genesis the same Holy Spirit moving and coming and the promise that is just not for the few, but it's for everybody. And, and Jesus, in his ministry, experiences and modeled for us. He comes to baptism, the waters of baptism. John baptized him and the Holy Spirit, as many of you know, came upon him bodily form. The Holy Spirit, as he came up at the waters of baptism, came upon Jesus And takes him then into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. An interesting role for the Holy Spirit, isn't it? I'm talking about all these good things, but actually, the Holy Spirit leads us sometimes to where we don't want to go. Maybe to Ibiza, maybe to Australia, maybe to Dunfermline, maybe to the Vine Church. Who knows? The Holy Spirit starts to lead us, starts to give us purpose, starts to give us direction, starts to move in us. 
How exciting that we have a partner leading us, helping us into places we may not want to go, but he gives us the power to overcome the enemy in these places. And quickly, we read, of course, Jesus coming out of the wilderness, preaching, if you like, for the first time, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach good news to the poor, to open the eyes of the blind, to, to, oh my goodness, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus' ministry was filled with the Holy Spirit, was inspired by the Holy Spirit. When he met Nicodemus, the religious guy, the Pharisee, he explains this to him and says in John 3, 5, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. To the woman at the well, of course, worshippers, there is an hour that is coming and is now here when worshippers will worship in spirit and in truth. And of course, Jesus ministered in the power of the Holy Spirit throughout his just three, three or four short years. Healing the sick, raising the dead, prophesying, preaching, good news to the poor, forgiving incredible ministry of the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit. And I remember Jimmy remarkably, powerfully preaching one day, saying there is a better thing than even being with Jesus Christ for the disciples. Because Jesus explained, it's better that I go because I will give you the Holy Spirit. We're in an even better day and an even better place than the disciples who were with Jesus himself. And he starts to explain it to them in the secret place. He starts to reveal his secret to the disciples. His last words almost to them. In John 14, he explains, The Father will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world can't see him, but he will live with you and in you. It's like, you know, they're, they're in this little corner saying, Look, guys, <laughs> it's so exciting. You know, Tough times are coming, actually, you know, I, I, I'm going to have to leave you. But there's somebody that's even better coming, even more exciting. Not better and better, but just because he moves in a different way. Just He's not just in one place, but he's beginning to be everywhere. He's not just in the uh, carnate body of Christ, but the Spirit of God starts to be in you, Ty. What a journey you're on. And I've been on. How exciting. You, young men and women, you have a journey, an adventure. Life is incredibly hopeful for you with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit moving upon you. It's the same promise that he's speaking to his disciples. Hear him whispering it to you now. Guys, guys, Raphael, listen. The counselor's coming. The advocate's coming. He's going to come. He's going to come. He's going to lead you into all truth. Becky, it's coming, and he's come, and he's leading. He's giving you so much wisdom. How many degrees have he got? Wonderful, incredible, rising up with wisdom, with understanding, 
is the gift of the Holy Spirit in you. And your hard work, which is your gift as well. John 14, 26. Jesus, just before he's crucified, the advocate and the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, advocate, the helper, the counselor, the one who stands between, who advises, who my Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. Again, I was thrilled to experience when I became a Christian that when I went to hear about understanding, you know, to, I went to Bible classes and, and, and I felt weirdly like what was being explained to me somehow I it sort of just I sort of knew that I didn't know it but it just felt so right just felt so true you know much easier than maths and physics and English and philosophy that I've been taught in school and then here I was hearing something I thought oh I this it just rang true in my spirit and I only now, looking back, recognize it was because the Holy Spirit was already there. And, and, and there was that interaction of spirit and truth coming, just gently. I'm still waiting for the thunderbolt to come. But what I recognize is, and what I rejoice in is the gentle rising and overwhelming and overflow that the Holy Spirit has brought into my life. And it's so beautiful, so exciting. And I'm so grateful to God. And that's the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is talked about many, many more times than I've had time to touch on this morning. But often it's described in elemental terms, wind. Fire, water, the Holy Spirit is difficult to understand and see. It blows like the wind, and Jesus even described, don't really know where it's going to go or how it's going to come or when it is. He is his own authority. It is God moving. And in Ezekiel 47, the Holy Spirit inspires Ezekiel and that describes and shows him, he's taken up in the spirit, and an angel, he explains, shows him the river of God flowing from a temple. And it's quite shallow to start with. You can sort of jump in it and walk across. You get a bit wet in your feet, but you make it okay. But as you get further in, it describes it, that you're having, you know, you're, when you're walking through the water, it's quite hard and you're sort of up to your eyes, it gets a bit cold and it's a bit uncomfortable and uh, then you really want to start swimming because you're getting up to your neck and over and over you can't cross because it's so deep and so wide and so long and the Holy Spirit is like that and it describes, it's a picture and it's reflected in Revelation 22 as well, the Holy Spirit of God coming down from the temple with trees on either side for healing and it gets deeper and deeper and it's describing what I've done and laid out that is getting bigger and bigger and bigger from out the history, from the beginning of time, the Holy Spirit, the river of God is flowing from God through his people into a place where it's just getting 
deeper and deeper. We can't get across anymore. And this is the time that we're in. This is the season that we're in, that the river of God is flowing upon us and through us. And it's pouring out across all the nations. Again, it's deeper and deeper and bigger and bigger and wider and wider. And the Holy Spirit is moving. And this is the church. This is what's happening. This is the season we're in until such a time as Christ will return. And we'll see all this. And it's getting better all the time. Because the Spirit is coming more and more and moving in us more and more. And we just want to embrace it and understand it so we can dive in and swim in the river. And it explains that on either side of the river, trees of all kinds will grow on both sides. Where the Spirit of God is, there is life. There is life. You're alive because of the Holy Spirit. We're alive in God because of the Holy Spirit. We're alive in faith because of the Holy Spirit. And it can just get more and more and more. If we fill ourselves more and more and more and more, we're going to become more and more and more alive. And our gifting and our favor and our faith and understanding and our love and our passions are going to come alive. And we're just going to be overflowing to other people with love and hope. And it's so exciting. And it's so exciting. The Holy Spirit is so beautiful, and He's so gentle. It's like a dove. And often we see in manifestation of the Spirit, and our experience as a church has been a wonderful growth and understanding of the Holy Spirit. And We've been in great places and seen great things. And some of them are a bit weird. But most of all, I believe the Holy Spirit is so gentle. And I want, if you've not experienced something of the Holy Spirit before, you're not sure, I would say one thing to help you, that you cannot even say Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit. So if you're worried that, James, I don't know if I have it or I can have it or if it's possible, you can. Your faith in God, you're plumbed in by your speaking out of faith, your trust in Christ, the whole, this miracle, this wonderful, miraculous mystery of the, the, the faith of God and, and the love of God coming upon us. And we will bear fruit in season and out of season. Every month, these trees bear fruit. And the closer we are, the more connected we are with the Holy Spirit, the more fruit we will bear. I'm just going to finish now where Jesus finished with the disciples. Between the cross and his ascension into heaven. John 20, one of the interactions with the disciples, we came and it says he breathed in them, said receive the Holy Spirit. You'll be very grateful that I'm not going to come and breathe in all of you. But one day we can lay hands on, maybe next week, we're going to follow this up next week. We've talked about being filled with the Holy Spirit. I've only got the first half of the first scripture here. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. I hope just this morning, this context, this understanding has given you a heart and hunger. You think, well, I want a bit of that. I want a bit of this Holy Spirit. But my homework for you this week is the same as it was from Jesus to the disciples after he breathed in them. Still nothing seemed to happen. And then he says, wait, Acts 1, wait in Jerusalem, for in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And you'll be filled with power. So, wait. 
If it, it, I, I hope there's something happening. I hope you're stirred. That's the Holy Spirit moving in you. A bit of excitement, a bit of anticipation. Whatever stage you're at, if you've been filled a hundred million times before, if you've been overwhelmed, the Holy Spirit and been around the world, there's still more for you. You can't get enough of this. The river's getting deeper all the time. Come back next week. Wait this week. Study this week. Read this week. I've said lots of scriptures. There's lots more. Find out about this. Ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill you because we're going to learn, just talk a little bit more about what happened to the disciples and the early church and how the Holy Spirit was made manifest and how he can be received. Three things. Wait, ask, and receive. Just wait this week. Just wait this week. Let's play a song. I mean, you can sit and wait. Wait's actually proactive. Did you know that? Waiting. Nothing happening. Waiting is not like that when you're waiting for the Holy Spirit. Wait in your quiet times. Wait in studying your Bible. Wait. Just wait. Just wait. Put your music on. Put your worship on. There's more coming, church. There's more coming. You ready for that, Robert? Shall we play this song? We've got a few minutes before the barbecue starts. I don't want you to rush away. I would love you just to meditate. And I want to pray for you just for a little bit. I'm not going to... I was, I was going to ask you to come and get filled with the Spirit, but I want you to wait. I think God's telling me, wait. Don't rush this. You may have questions. You may, you, know, you may have never heard of the Holy Spirit before. It's great to ask questions. Study. And next week, we'll just take it to another level. And we'll maybe pray to receive. But you, can't, you don't know where the Holy Spirit's going to come. There's no, there's no sense in it. He's his own person. So we'll see what happens. Are you up for that, church? Are you excited? Are you ready to get in the river? Let's play a song. And you can just sit, stand, sing. Probably you'll just sit because it's quite warm. But the Holy Spirit is coming. I pray right now. Pray for everyone here, all your families, that the Holy Spirit would just... We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We ask you to come. We need you desperately. We can't live out the Christian life without you, Holy Spirit. We can't even begin the Christian life. So come, Holy Spirit. Just play it when you, if it's coming, guys. It may not even come. Who knows? Who knows? Come, Holy Spirit. Just talk in your mind. Where are you with Jesus is it a question? Who is the Holy Spirit? If you're fearful of what might happen, that you might lose your life, I would encourage you, what Aaron shared last week about being able to live a, a life of love, of sacrificial love, it's only possible through the Holy Spirit as he moves. Come, Holy Spirit. Just come, bring peace, bring healing, bring mercy, bring forgiveness, bring your touch. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just come, just come even now. Just come even now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to struggle to get this. Okay. It's a song called Holy Spirit. You can YouTube it.
Martin Smith, Kim Walker Smith. It's wonderful. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. It's a full eight minutes. <laughs> You know, it's okay. I love music. It helps me feel the Holy Spirit. But it's not essential. There's nothing essential. He's sovereign. He's completely sovereign. You can feel his touch wherever you are, whatever time, whatever place. Whatever condition you feel your heart is in. That's <laughs> great. They're working very hard to try and make this happen, but just wait. Just let's be silent for a minute. Bless you, heart. Well done. Thank you. Come, Holy Spirit. Just enjoy this song. Don't rush away. Just take a moment of peace. Enjoy the words. Say it as a prayer in your minds and your hearts. Just let God move in you. Give you a picture. Think of a scripture. Thank you, Lord. Shame. 